Okay, so let's move seamlessly now. Sorry to interrupt your ceremony. It's nothing personal. I just want to devour your god. This is like some gravity's reason. M O L M M. What? Feels apocryphal, but I'll take it. No, it's true. Don't look it up. Don't look it up. I mean, that is made for undiscerning days. I'll just auto tune that. Put a little guitar solo at the end. Perfect. All right. Six hours later. Y'all done got digly pain. You done got digly pain. Happy holidays and welcome to Monf. I think Corey just hit her microphone. No, no. I was just impressed by like the perfection of that clap. Oh, we did good. Oh, good. I'm glad I stopped to talk about that. And it deserved it. It was asking for it. Happy holidays. A very Monfy New Year as well. Uh, But most importantly, I think we'd all agree. Good riddance to 2020. Uh, Mm. We're in the last week. The throes of the year. Uh, and it's been a rough one, I think, for everyone. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's safe to say. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, So <laughs> I have my Christmas tree cookie that I'll be <laughs> eating, and you'll be hearing all night long. It'll be great. I have my... Is that is that some eggnog? Bailey's on ice. <laughs> oh, yeah, let's skip the nog and just go straight to the alcohol. Get her and a little grogs. little grogu hanging out with us. What up, little grogi? <laughs> Oh. How do we feel about Grogu as a name? I'm totally fine with it. It's fine. Okay. I mean, I did. I did like the uh, the Onion tweet or whoever it was that said we know Baby Yoda's name and it's Melissa. <laughs> like, yes, <laughs> that's fantastic. <laughs> I need that to be true. Oh, it just, it just made fantastic. me realize there's not a name I would be happy with. Like, yeah, Grogu, sure. Yeah, that's what I came to. Every Star Wars name other than Luke, I think. Is like, that's weird. And then a month later, I'm like, oh, yeah, that's his name. It's Boba Fett. It's right, that's, Bib Fortuna. That's a normal name. How, how tough can it be? Right. Bib Fortuna. It's Bib. Right. Yeah. Bale. It's- <laughs> I just feel like we'd all really kind of just latched to Baby Yoda at this point. Yes. Um, and it was yeah. it's I still haven't managed to adjust. I'm not saying Grogu is a bad name. I'm saying it's, it's just uh, he was Baby Yoda for a season and six episodes or whatever. And spoiler spoiler alert for the end of season two, but I don't think we're ever going to get time to get used to Grogu. Well, um, yeah, fair. I, I, I think we'll all just refer to him as Baby Yoda. Yeah, I think that's what I do just love the beginning of whatever it was episode 11 or 12. The um, the tragedy where the beginning is just him saying Grogu no, over and over and Grogu being uh, like, huh? what? Grogu. Mando Grogu. just giggling. Oh, that's fantastic. Man, he gets into such a great like dad mode in the second season. That is he does. so charming. I loved everything. I mean, just like the boys, season two of Mando really stepped it up. And I feel like those yes. two shows were looking out for us yes. in ways that nothing else was in 2020. Listen, The Mandalorian was one of my favorite shows of the last couple of years. Mm-hmm. And when you just put it in a conversation with the boys, I just went, Oh, I think the boys was better. Like, wow. Yeah. Oh. Okay. Whoa. Wow. I mean, yeah. wow. I, yeah. Both of them really benefited <laughs> from low expectations. That's, a, that's I, actually very yes. true as well. That's, that's very, very true. true. Yeah. Um, they both far exceeded anything we expected. Yeah. Stay tuned after our award ceremony for all the awards for the games we played this year for our sweet mixtape of bloopers. Mm, I love that part. And out of context, lots of bleeps. With a fun, jaunty tune backing it, uh, which I have not made yet. It will be amazing. It always is, dear listener. I've listened to our, our little quotes several times throughout the course. Like whenever I'm having like a a low day or something, I'll go into mm. our quote file on Slack and just like listen through. And I'm like, we're very, we're very funny. I like us. So I have high hopes. 
the cookie eating thing is tough for podcasting. Look at what you just did. Okay, I was just you talking about this the other it. day, about the time I ate the Monster. brownie and you gave me crap for it. That's also in the quote thing. And now look at what you're doing. <laughs> but it's, it's a Christmas cookie. It's delicious. The mentor has become the manatee. <laughs> Before we get into the awards, uh, let's first off thank our myriad of guests that we had this year. I think this is the most guests we've ever had. Jason, would you yes. like to lead us off in thanking our guests for being here? Yes! I'm going to eat my cookie while you talk. I will thank our guests. Uh, let me thank two uh, extra special guests. Actually, I joked about calling uh, these my favorite guests, but I looked on the list and, gosh, our guests were just so good this year. It's a good year, I guess. Uh, I can't, can't choose a favorite. I agree. And yet, here I am. Talking about two of them. Uh, first off, my colleague and friend, Dr. Wendy Sierra from TCU, talked with us about Never Alone. Renata Price from Fanbyte Media, formerly a Fanbyte, uh, now a freelancer, talked with me about Paradise Killer for, I think what we can all agree is the best episode of the year because it didn't have you two on it. Well, I can't argue with that. She's so smart. She really is. <laughs> it was a good episode. <laughs> She's very intimidating. Yeah. We also this year had uh, my dear friend and co-host from Jack of All Graves, Mark Lewis, to talk about Little Nightmares and uh, mispronounced Bez the entire episode. Bez. Yeah, Bez. Uh, and also my dear little sister, Ed, who joined us oh, to yeah. play Undertale and played it better than any of us. Oh, my gosh. I guess I've been so insightful. So the game yes. we're supposed to be the hosts and know, do all the research, yeah. and they come on and they have all these theories and stuff that they've done. So very impressed by all the guests we've had this year. Yeah, yes, we're always like it's chill, it's okay because they're worried yeah. about it. We know so much, yeah. and then they just bring like so much. It's always impressive. Yeah, yeah. Maybe we should have more anxiety about this. Is <laughs> yeah. Oh, exactly. Yeah. I'm I'm very intimidated by our guests now. <laughs> uh, and we also had uh, Tyler Weaver on to tackle Star Wars. Jedi Fallen Order with us this year, which I will talk a lot more about later because I I think I forgot about it because it seems like I feel like we played that game years ago and it was in February. Everything feels like years ago. Everything that wasn't like the last three games. I'm like, was that this year? I know, right? Weird. Even Little Nightmares was two games ago, right? It's like, oh I'm yeah, saying, we just played that. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Right. Uh, my wife uh, Hannah joined us for our fiftieth game where we replayed Thimbleweed Park. It was a joy to play a game with her and have her kind of get sucked into the story and actually play the game for the first time we've ever played a game from start to finish together. Uh, and then our good friend, Sean Thompson, our, our foam f- who's been on, I don't know, a half a dozen times, too many times, probably. Yeah, he's been on nearly as many as I have. I know. <laughs> uh, he was on last month to play, uh, or we did have a little side quest about Star Wars Squadrons, which have you played any more of, Jay? No. I mean, like I think a I, little bit, but not much. I think... I already uninstalled it. To, to I had to uninstall everything to download yeah. Cyberpunk. So oh, well, yeah, I, I uninstalled go. it twice, uh, I think, <laughs> just to make sure. Yeah, Sean comes on every time I don't want to play something. So yeah, he's kind of the other co-host. Yeah. It felt so good to uninstall Cyberpunk. <laughs> you have no idea. Just the amount of space it freed up alone, but also so many other feelings. I'm sure. Wow. Oh, yeah. Oh. <laughs> it's so sad. Again. So sad. I know. We'll talk more about Cyberpunk, yeah, we'll which Keo's playing too right now, right? And Ed. Both of them are playing it. Oh my gosh, it's amazing. Okay, so the 2020 Month <laughs> Awards. The first award of the LA Gear Lights Award for the most nostalgic game of the year. I will start it off, and that goes to Kentucky Route Zero, I went with, which is a game that 
strangely enough, did not remind me of any game I've ever played. It was so yeah. strange, so unique. Even the story was kind of off the walls. Every scene was like a moment from a different book or a movie. Specific scenes and stories reminded me of uh, Goonies, Stand By Me, and Death of a Salesman, and just all these kind of American tales of an American tale. American tale. Um, Fifle Goes West. American tale. Come on, guys. <laughs> uh, well, not the sequel. So yeah, it reminds me of kind of struggling American families. Everything's kind of on edge. Everything's falling apart. Things are getting kind of weird. And there's one last ditch effort to kind of save the town or the group. Um, and just, yeah, for a game that was nothing like I've ever played before. Strange that it was the most nostalgic, but really, really enjoyable. Well, before we move on from that, can, can I just say one thing about Kentucky Route Zero as I've been reflecting? Sure. Uh, can you imagine if that game came out even a month later? So it came out, what, end of January? Something like that, yeah. Imagine if it come out. Imagine if it come out end of February, and everybody plays it on lockdown, because it's about your government failing you. Yeah, that's true. That's a really like, good. Point. It is about America as a failed state. Yeah, and that game did not connect with us in February the same way it would have in March. Yeah, like, it might have in March. That's wow. a really good point. That's a really good point. Also, I wouldn't have had anything else to do aside from Animal Crossing, and so maybe it wouldn't have seemed like such a slog to get through. All right. LA Gear Lights Award, Corey. I mean, I did not think through it that way. I just thought it has to be Thimbleweed Park because obviously, yeah. I mean, yeah. you know, that is the throwback game. That's the one uh, we've played several times. The one that reminds me of all the LucasArts games that, you know, we played back in the day. So obviously just on a very basic surface level, Thimbleweed Park. Makes sense. Jason, what do you got? I went with Rescue on Fractalis, uh, which is not a game we played as kids, but felt very nostalgic. And the experience of realizing that I loved the graphics, I loved the gameplay, it was really fun. Um, where I think if you gave this game to any kid now and had them play it, they would be like, screw you, I'm not playing this. This is awful. <laughs> and yet my brain is structured in a way that I look at this and I'm like, this is gorgeous. This is beautiful. It's yeah. amazing. What do you, the, you know, the Jaggies? And it's just the realization that the Jaggies, my, my brain yeah. is, has been misstructured in some way by LucasArts uh, yet again. <laughs> All right, our, our next award, the Spit Take Award for Funniest Moment of the Year, uh, in real life or in-game. And so, Corey, why don't you start us off? Um, I honestly am not sure if this even made it into the podcast or not. Uh, okay. My favorite ridiculous moment, much like last year when Ben ate the string cheese and I laughed for like <laughs> 10 minutes straight and just could not get a hold of myself. Uh, this year, uh, it was the phrase flirt bass that was uttered by Jason <laughs> as, we, as we ripped on Ben about uh, not going to any of my sporting events when we were in high school. And we had been uh, talking about blaze ball before that. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. blaze ball. We were talking about blaze ball. Flirt and base. then Jason made some sort of comment about Ben flirt. wanting to get to flirt base. And uh, I laughed for minutes, minutes over it. And every oh. time I think about it, I still I still tear up a little bit. So I'm very that proud was, of that. Thank you. I don't I hope I think the whole section came out. Yeah, I think the whole section might have come out. If uh, if you could just maybe pop that back into the bloopers, just the just a little little bit that I'm sure definitely that killed me so yeah that's my funniest of the year <laughs> on it mine was actually not from our podcast Ooh. mine was from Corey's podcast uh oh. jack of all graves oh and it was mark's reaction to meeting uh his his hero jed shepherd um yeah. 
and it <laughs> so was good. fantastic. Uh, it was just so go go listen to that. I don't think you bleep it, but he definitely nope, drops an f bomb within yeah. the first two no. seconds of meeting this person. Uh, yeah, and it's great. Uh, so check it out. And it's actually worth, you know, uh, this was such a great moment with Jay, you in there uh, subbing for me for that. I don't know if we've talked about that since on this podcast, no. but no, that you no. filled in for me on the podcast to surprise Mark with this yeah. uh, because I'd been planning it for a long time. And then I was in the hospital that day. And so uh, you came in there and it's great because Jed Shepard, who is the co-writer of Host, uh, pops into the the chat uh, Jason very casually is like, oh, hey, happy birthday, uh, Mark. This is Jed Shepard. And if you watch the video, which you can see on our Instagram, uh, <laughs> you watch his face realizing what exactly yes. is happening. Uh, Jed just sort of waving over in the corner and then uh, get your bleep sound ready, Ben. Um, but <laughs> Mark simply saying, get the f- out of here. <laughs> so good. <laughs> it's been, and then launching into the interview like he had been planning oh, this forever, which is incredible. I'm so glad you got to hear that, Ben. Yeah. I, I think that the listeners will never appreciate it, even though I called yeah. it out because yeah. you cannot believe that he just there is no cut. There's no straight. edit. Yeah, straight no. into it. No, no, so no, no, yeah, no. that was hilarious. Though that was a very funny uh, moment. And again, thank you, Jay, for doing that for me, and Ben for then editing it for me as yeah, yeah. well. Truly, one of the highlights of my year. Uh, yeah. It was fantastic. Yeah. Thanks for the opportunity. And for setting it all up, it was amazing. What a special gift. So fun. So fun. Uh, It went off without a hitch. (laughs) So, Jason, you were like texting, I think, both people. You were texting with Corey and Jed, like behind the scenes as you started the podcast with just you and Mark. And it was kind of Mark going off for a while, waiting for you. Yeah, just just trying to say something. Giving him nothing. Nothing. Nothing back. (laughs) Nothing at all. These long silences. And then he ends the (laughs) podcast with like, you guys kind of talk about what had happened after the surprise after Jed leaves and he's like yeah I was a little I was a little scared I was gonna say maybe we just cut the first 15 minutes he's like it was really yeah. bad oh my gosh. <laughs> I'm glad there was a reason to it though yeah exactly oh. like he was noticing like this is not like, working we're not vibing seems very here. attracted yeah I, I was I was dealing between like three different devices yeah. too I, I'm sure man. my phone and like oh yeah. man yeah, oh, it's poor great. Mark, but I'm glad it, it paid off. All right. Yeah, it paid off. Uh, well. So, yeah, Ben, you're up next. Which mine is not too far off. And, and that's when Mark was a guest on our Little Nightmares pod. <laughs> and he, again, just like throwing it to new subjects and diving deeper and not just talking about the game like all of our guests have done. He's like, have you guys ever noticed how often in scary movies and games and, and all this in entertainment that biz <laughs> are a sign of something scarier? And we're just like, like, Bias, bias, and we just stare <laughs> blankly at him, and he goes off on like all these different games, all these different movies that have bias. He names your favorite game of all time. He names Red Dead Redemption. Yeah, Red Dead like, Redemption. Ah! When the bear gets you, <laughs> bears. We're just. You drink too much. Yeah, bears. Bear. Blankly, I'm like, and then one of us just goes, "Oh, bears, bears." bears. He's like, "Yeah, bears." And like we totally it was very similar to the beginning of the Joag episode because none of us were giving him anything. We just stuck on BS because we're just so American. It was amazing. Our entire Slack has been made up of those gifts from Arrested Development of people going beads? Are you saying beads? Bees? 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 Bees. So that definitely made the blooper reel. Stay tuned for that. But BS is my my favorite for sure. Uh, and then our third award is the L'Esprit d'Escalier Award for the biggest regret 
of the year, which you could do in-game choice mm. regret, just gaming choice, like picking a game if we chose a terrible game, or <laughs> podcasting. Uh, biggest regret of the year, Jason, what do you got? Uh, I think anticipating Cyberpunk 2077 mm. uh, is my biggest oh. regret. For two now, years, I'm, two years. I've been anticipating it for a while, <clears throat> but... At the end of yeah. our holiday show, every year, we say, what's your most anticipated thing for the next year? In the last two years, what Corey's referring to is, I've said Cyberpunk 2077. And I've yeah. said Psychonauts 2. Psychonauts 2, right? Which is a great game. I love it. I play it every day. And Ben, which of us made a mistake, right? I, Both I, of us? You have not yet been disappointed by Psychonauts 2. That's true. Well, every day I'm a little disappointed. But yeah, you're right. You're right. <laughs> it could still be an amazing game. Take your time. Yeah. Take yeah. your time. There is no rush. Don't release it too early. I just mm. gotta. I, I gotta double down on that, Tim. <laughs> it's uh, you know things take time. Yeah. So I, I've been yeah. thinking. I, pardon me if I hold court for a little bit. Do it. There's a lot to say. We haven't had the cyberpunk discussion yet. This is the no. time. I've been reflecting on the fact that I was not that disappointed in Cyberpunk 2077, and it's not that I like it. Right. It's that something had happened in me by the time it was released when I was no longer anticipating it. And it was not, you know, the day or two before when we started hearing it was buggy, mm-hmm. right? I had a similar reaction to Watch Dogs Legion. I was really anticipating it. We played it. It was super buggy, kind of unplayable at first. I was like, eh, I'll wait a few weeks. It'll get some bug fixes and we'll be okay. So I was kind of anticipating some of that. And it, it's gotten patches like every week. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I played it uh, this week and it seemed to be working just fine. Nice. But it was the pushing back, the pushing back, and the pushing back. And then the pushback from November to December is the one that got me. So I was so flabbergasted by it. What could you possibly do in five weeks? And that was after they announced Crunch, because that was from September mm-hmm. to, right. to November, right? Yeah. Yeah. And it was, and they were justifying the Crunch with, we got to get it out by this. And I, I thought, well, why not just do the week after? And you're only getting one extra week's worth out of work out of people. And we know that Crunch is inefficient anyway. Yeah. Uh, yeah. There's been enough research on that to show that people don't do good work under those conditions. Uh, they get more done if you just work them for 40 hours a week, like normal people. And they're Polish. They should know this. They should know this. I don't know. Right? All yes. Europeans are socialists. I'm sick of that. They know this. Uh, yes. <laughs> like, are the Polish right? known particularly the Polish for, their are regular, for their regular work right? weeks? Yeah. <laughs> for so. being stuck at 40-hour work weeks. <laughs> Famously, uh, it's, yes. It's, it's a famous stereotype about the Polish. Yeah. Um, I don't know. We tell jokes about it all the time. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Polish jokes <laughs> are all about the 40-hour work week. Mm-hmm. No, I know. So, so I was, you know, it, it kind of like uh, got me used to it so that when it showed up and it did suck, I was like, yeah, no, I, I kind of know. And I kind of got a lot of joy out of the experience of playing it. Right. I, I did not return it. I mean, technically I did because it was unplayable on Xbox. So I, I went over to PC, uh, <laughs> but I didn't return the, the PC one. Uh, I stuck with it because I got so much joy out of seeing this incredibly broken game and being part of the discourse during the first week mm, and yeah. just seeing all the people talking about it. It's the experience of realizing like what's broken about this game. It's not the fact that sometimes, you know, people clip through things, right? It's not that the first Which time I walked out of my results. house, I, sure. I saw a guy leaned up against a wall throwing up and he had a gun sticking through his hand. <laughs> just like like his arm had been impaled with a gun and he was just sitting there that would make me puke too and, and, and I, he, he looks over and he says the f*** are you looking at like, I, you know what bud oh, it's, fine. it's fine we're good I'm, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna walk off because yeah just having a normal one just another night in night city bro one of the cool things about this game so you get you get the way that this game is broken very very quickly which is you can talk to any character in the game I love that right 
Sure. Grand Theft Auto it's doesn't cool. have that. Like, I want to be able to walk up to any person in the game and press talk. Every single one of them says some version of fuck off. <laughs> They've got a hundred different versions of it. Yeah. But they are all hostile. They are all antagonistic to you. Yeah. None of them have anything interesting about themselves to say. Like, it's not Nothing. like, uh, fuck off, I'm on the way to groceries. It's just, why, why are you talking to me? Shut up. Yes. Like, oh, okay. Yeah. So it's like, the thing that I love, right? I can talk to anyone. And then it's just fundamentally broken. They don't understand why I might want to talk to people. <laughs> Especially compared to a game that we just played, but it's also one of the other AAA titles of the holiday season, Legion. Yeah. Where you can literally be any character in the game, not just talk mm-hmm. to any character. Where you can like find out with her roommate, their parent, their dog, their cat, learn all about them, where they live, what their job is, and play as them. Yeah. And, and I remember people saying, you know, it's kind of tired that once you play as one of these characters, you start getting the same the same things. They start saying the same things. Like they keep talking about the fact that their dog is sick, right? Or they keep saying, you know, hey, you know, uh, I'd really love it if you'd help us. And then the next line they say, hey, uh, you sure. know, I'd really love it if you'd help us. It's like, yeah, okay, right, right. you come across the same. Yeah. The same it's, thing. it's still well, a game, but compare that to Cyberpunk twenty seventy seven, where no yeah. one wants to say anything and is mad at you for trying to talk to them. <laughs> like, it's like, yeah, I, I guess Legion could be better. This game hates itself. Yeah. It hates me. Right. Yeah, just outwardly hostile about everything you are. Like, why are you questioning me? Everything. I am, you bought me and this is what you get. Yeah, this is what you wanted, isn't it? Look at I'm edgy. Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> the last three games that I put 30 plus hours in have been Watch Dogs 2, Legion, and now Cyberpunk. And well, I w- it was a disappointment going from Watch Dogs Two, which is, takes place in the Bay Area, Ew. which again we've talked about the re- the main reason I played it. I honestly wasn't sure if it was the fun game mechanics and story, or just the fact that I could drive around the Bay Area and and swim right. and all that stuff around the Bay Area. I love that. And then I, the first week or two of playing Legion, I complained to Jason every day about how inhospitable London is. They're so mean there. <laughs> Everyone is mean, but also you can become them and you can kind of like go infiltrate their jobs and stuff and avenge people and stuff. But compared to San Francisco, which, again, you can't really talk to anyone in, in Watch Dogs 2, but my memory of the Bay Area, London's very mean compared to that. And then Cyberpunk just goes off the deep end. And Corey, they, they say the C word. In San Francisco? In, in oh. England, no. In England. They say it a lot in England. They say it yeah. like it's a normal thing. I know. I, I, they do. I heard Mark say it. I thought he was such a and nice young man. I know. Mark said it for the first time. in the- Fan- Fanny Pack has a totally different meaning there. Yeah. Oof. Fanny Pack is a different meaning. Uh, Can I tell you, it, when I was, I, just on the Fanny Pack note real quick. Please. When I was in Australia. Let's stay there. <laughs> when I was in Australia, I was trying to buy one, but I knew that that word did not mean the same thing to them. And I spent like a good five minutes trying to communicate to this very nice, like 75 year old Australian man, what I was trying to explain to him until finally I went fanny back. And <laughs> he just started laughing. He went, Oh, a bum bag. That's like, bum oh, that's bag. what I want. Oh, that's what bag. I would like a bum bag. Yes, please. One of those belt, belt pocket, yeah. waist, Backpack. <laughs> yeah, but I had to whisper basically about a vagina to an old man in Australia before getting the bag that I wanted. Hey, that's how you get what you need. <laughs> I'll say. Now, how much, how long <laughs> did he question you on why you would want a fanny pack? Like, how much of the conversation was that? <laughs> but why, though? No, I understand yeah, but, what you're saying. We use different yeah. words. It's funny. It sounds different. It right. sounds dirty. Great. Why are you doing this? But you want this intentionally to wear on yourself. <laughs> that's... <laughs> 
a, a choice you're you, making. You don't yeah. appear to be a father, and I just, I I'm checking my watch. It's not 1984. Well, wow. <laughs> rough. This is harsh. This is harsh. And my L'Esprit de Scalier award for the biggest regret of the year goes to not playing Paradise Killer. Oh. And yeah, I think. You and and Ren talking about that game was just very inspiring. And I tried to edit it in a way where I like did two times speed and like tried to like block out names <laughs> from my cerebral cortex. And just like I try. I think I forgot everything. I hope when I do play it eventually, nothing spoiled for me. But you guys got deep into the weeds on plot and characters. And you did like F. Mary Kill and like all <laughs> these weird things. You got like very specific into like tertiary characters. I tried to block it all out. Ben, I want to reassure you, which of these is not a character from Paradise Killer? Bear-chan, Lunatic Pope, or Witness to the End? Oh, Witness to the End sounds familiar. That sounds like a name, because isn't the main character called, like, Suicidal Detective Irony or something? (laughs) Lady Love Dies. Lady Love Dies. Cool. Yeah, that's a normal. Lunatic Pope sounds like a member of the band Ghost. Oh, yeah. Good call. All right. <laughs> Trick Gorgon. question. All three are characters oh. in Paradise Bear Killer. Pope? Was it Bear Pope? Bear Chan. Bear Chan and Lunatic Pope. Bear? Bear Pope? Bear Chan. Corey, what was your biggest regret of the year? My biggest regret of the year uh, was that time when uh, playing Kentucky Route Zero that um, I thought I was being clever somehow and could get past the uh, the diner theater scene in it uh, where they're like watching the you're watching the play up on yeah. the stage and you're like sitting there and you can't turn around and all that. Oh, yeah. And I accidentally started it over. No. And I had to sit through the entire no. thing again. And it is long. It is so long. <laughs> So very goddamn long, and you don't do anything. And a, a good part of the bit is that it's pretentious, right? Yeah, and, and it's like you're not you're not really actively a part of that. So it was essentially just starting over this scene, uh, and I nearly just quit the game altogether at that point because I was like, "This is no, I can't do this. <laughs> I have there's my life is too short for this." Uh, and yeah, that was my. That was my biggest regret of the year. Have you watched the Nathan for you episode where to the, I think it's a bar that's having issues because they can't smoke indoors. And so Nathan's suggestion is if it is a piece of art that you're conducting, that is a loophole in the law to let mm. you people in your bar smoke. And so for it to be a piece of art, you have to have people, you have to have an audience. So he builds a little like hole in the wall of this bar that very much reminds me of your POV in that scene where you're just like watching people at a bar. And it's it's, it's just an amazing episode. But I watched it recently. It totally reminded me of, of that scene where you're just kind of watching people talk about things. And there's a loose plot in there. You Like there might be yeah. repeating names occasionally, but. Yeah, it's like it's, it's so kind of poignant or whatever, but not so poignant that you want to watch it twice. Right. That's for sure. Yeah. I want to go replay that game now. Have you guys Thank you. Uh, seen that show, How To With Somebody? It was kind of, everyone was talking about it for like two weeks as like, this is the funniest. How To With John Wilson. How To With John Wilson. That's the one there. This is the funniest thing on television. Everybody should be watching it. And I watched it. And I wasn't that impressed, but it did. It has a Nathan For You vibe 
to it. Totally. I've, yeah, I've just seen the trailer for it. But yeah, I, it's on a bunch of like top 10 lists for the year. Yeah, I don't totally get that. But at okay. the same time, I feel like it's got enough of a kinship with Nathan for you that if you like Nathan for you, you will at least be able to watch it and kind of be like, oh, this is kind of funny. The series was executive produced by Nathan Fielder. I wonder if he knows Nathan for you. <laughs> wonder. Anyways, the THPS2 manual award. The THPS2 manual award. Manuel. Man- <laughs> the THPS2 <laughs> Manuel Miranda award for the coolest <laughs> game mechanic of yes. the year. <laughs> Benjamin Jeffrey. <laughs> I would have to say mine's pretty straightforward and it's just the Star Wars squadrons getting in an X-Wing and just flying around even though I wasn't playing it in VR I was just playing it in Xbox we played X-Wing a few years ago and it wasn't it was difficult I will say <laughs> it was a chore to play uh, but this game just played like a dream the graphics are amazing talking to R2 behind you and just like knocking down uh, TIE fighters it was amazing really really fun game i probably only played like 10 hours but um just the most fun on like a nintendo level of like what's the most fun thing you can do with this character flying an x-wing very simple very fun uh cory what about you i couldn't i couldn't think of something i know there was something that i specifically <laughs> okay. talked about this is the one thing i was like oh i'm yeah. getting through all of these i'm doing really good look at me all prepared and i got to this and i was like yeah, i know there was something that i really like but i don't remember what it was i know do you remember well i have a suggestion it's something that we talked a lot about in Undertale, just the the fighting aspects of Undertale, how they're all different, maybe? That might have been it. That'd be up there for me. Yeah, I feel like that might have been the thing that I was I was talking about. Because I know there was something I pointed out specifically in one game that I was like, oh, I actually really noticed. I liked okay. something specific. But I was going to say hugging, hugging the gnomes in uh, Little Nightmares. Oh, yeah. Nice. Yeah. The thing is, I have so many things that I love about Little Nightmares. I just didn't want everything to be like, I just really liked Little Nightmares. But yeah. Um, it was probably also things like that in Little Nightmares. That was great. <laughs> Jay, what about you? Uh, mine was the text-based adventure section of Kentucky Route Zero. So you're in a cave in Kentucky. Uh, there's a scientist down there and his team of grad students who have been conducting research in the cave and scraping things off the walls. And somehow all of this together has gotten together into a computer program that's supposed to be like the mind of God or something like that. And you run the program, and basically, it's Colossal Cave Adventure, one of the very first adventure video yeah. games, which was inspired by a grad researcher in a cave in Kentucky, uh, in the real world, right? Mm. Like, it's, it's completely turned the whole thing inside out. Did we talk about this? I think briefly. Like, it's, it's beautiful. <laughs> it is like, beautiful. I don't remember that at all. And, and it, you, you get to play Colossal Cave Adventure, basically. Uh, but... You know, it's distorted in some kind of Kentucky Route Zero way. Uh, I thought that was so cool. I, I just really, really loved that that section. Um, and, and yeah, what it's done there. The fact that I used to live in Kentucky and that, that video games has a history in Kentucky that Kentucky Route Zero picks up on, right? It's not just a, a cute name to say, like, you know, uh, backwoods places. It's like, no, no, this is a place right, that yeah. the people who made this game care about. Um, all right. Yeah. Uh, next award. Uh, oh, I regret to say it. It's the Rebel Assault Two Award for the most frustrating oh. moment of the year. Yeah, Corey, what you got? Oh, you guys, I did this backwards. <laughs> that was not. I I had this backwards. The most frustrating moment I had as Kentucky Route Zero, my L'Esprit de Scalier moment 
was actually killing the first couple foes in Undertale. Oh, that yes. was my oh. regret. So is your, yeah. is your biggest okay. L'Esprit d'Escalier moment this moment right now? It's this one. <laughs> yeah. It's this right here where Whoa. I completely screwed Inception. up. Inception! This entire thing. I am so sorry. Nice. My most frustrating moment was the replaying in Kentucky Route Zero. Going back, my biggest yeah. regret was in Undertale killing the first foes, not realizing that I didn't have to. And ending up like my sister where she, you know, beat the game entirely differently because she went through and she saved everybody. Well, she's a genius. She is. I mean, that's true. I mean, it's impressive. Yeah. Jason, what about you? Uh, my most frustrating moment of the year was Broken Age. Um, and I was trying to, trying to remember which puzzle. I think it was wiring those little... Uh, it was the, yeah, the wiring, the wiring puzzle. Yeah. Oh. Uh, that one just, oh, just killed me. It felt so laborious. I did not enjoy it. But there's a lot of that that game that felt like that. My hexapel. Your hexapel. The hexapel. Ben's got a hexapel. Like his little stringy arms. Yeah, it was weird to me that you bought that after all the frustration regarding that. But well, he just beats it every night. Oh, he's a little hexapel. There was a brief moment where I was like, "I'm sorry, whoa." Yeah, you know what he does. He does what? You know what he does? Flirt, flirt, base. Wow, Jay. Wow. He just beats it every night. He just beats it every night. Every night? Every, every night. single night. My God. All right. Wow. Okay. <laughs> what? But what? I, I'm not here to judge. The Hexapal. That's, that's what we're talking about. Let's, let's keep it rolling. All right. Um, so, yeah, Broken Age, uh, also a game that I very much uh, anticipated, was excited about. And, you know, we talked about it on the podcast, but it's a game that kind of underperformed for us. Uh, we liked a lot about it. Uh, but at the end of the day, there was so much frustration. The puzzles were so difficult. Unnecessarily. That, that it just didn't feel like it moved quickly enough. Ma- mainly around Bagel Stapley, I would say. I think uh, Whatever. Corey's favorite character uh, was Bagel. <laughs> I love Bagel. Give me all the Bagel. <laughs> bagel can do no wrong. He's like an artsy Johnny Knoxville, and I'm here for it. Oh, Bagel. You're saying you want everything Bagel, don't you? I do yeah. everything bagel. <laughs> oh, I get it. I, those are delicious. Uh, anything more on Broken Age? Uh, no, that was it. I would say my biggest or my my biggest frustrating moment would be Ball Blazer. But I, I probably put an hour, maybe optimistically into it. Uh, and it's really a unique game that you, Jason, you played more than I did. Yeah. I, and you kind of got the hang of playing it. I never really did. I want to disagree with you on that. Which is fun because okay. you can't, right? It's, I wasn't frustrated yeah, yeah. at all. You weren't frustrated. <laughs> yeah. uh, Actually, you're Ben, you're wrong. Your feelings are wrong. <laughs> I had a great time. <laughs> Let me just uh, step in and invalidate your feelings real quick. Uh, no, I, I yeah, reject yeah. No. your reality and substitute my <laughs> exactly. own. Exactly. Uh, I just want to say I did have a lot of fun with that game, particularly playing with my uh, four-year-old. Uh, that was that was really. Ben cute. just going to keep running away. He is. He time. is. He's terrified. You keep mentioning things that are on my shelf. Uh, oh, man. Wait for it. Wait for it. Maybe he doesn't say it. <laughs> yeah, he doesn't say it. Okay. But there he is. Well, cool story, bro. Oh, it's Adam Savage. <laughs> it's, Adam, it's the thing that you said. It, what did you think? Oh, you can't really see anything here. I can't see anything, and I could barely hear anything, so I had no idea what you were doing. <laughs> Oh, yeah, because the mic isn't by his face. God, this is tough. Guys, Bailey's is delicious. Jason, continue. <laughs> are, are you pushing the bobblehead's mouth? 
towards the mic as though that's where the sound <laughs> yeah. comes from? Yeah, I did that several times. Okay, cool. Cool, yeah. cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it doesn't. Because I, I assume the speaker might be in the bass. Yeah, it's no, it's right, yeah, there's no. a bunch of holes there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, it's That'd the mouth. Right. No, it's yeah, right yeah, 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 yeah. Good, 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 good. Yeah. I'm Wait. laughing, but, but I would have done the exact same thing realistically. <laughs> Thank you. I appreciate that. You're a little loud and savage. Lean into the mic. What do you have to say? What? Sharane. All right. Jay, were you, were you saying something? I just said I like Ball Blazer. That's it. <laughs> there you go. That's the whole story. And the next award is the Revan Award for the best in-game moment of the year. Jason, what do you got? Solving the case in Paradise Killer. Nice. It When you fi- figure out finally what's going on, uh, you know, it's, it's a murder mystery. Everyone's a suspect. Uh, at the end of the day, almost every single person you interview was in some way or another complicit. The tagline for the game is the facts are not the truth, right? And so you have to take all the facts and construct a truth out of them. And when you finally construct the, what I see as the truth, what I think is the takeaway, it's like, oh, this is what really happened? What? No. That's cool. So it's very good, especially when you've already talked to everyone and you're still like, there's another twist coming that they all gave you and you just didn't see it. What did you play it on? Switch. Switch. See, that's in, I had so much trouble with the controls in Switch. And I'm realizing, you know, I usually play things in Switch because in my head, I don't want to like, you know, I don't usually want to buy something on Steam and play it on my laptop. I have weird things about that. But there are so many games that I find I probably would do better with if I were using like my laptop instead. And it was just really hard for me to move in that game. I love the movement in it. But first, I want to say, like, I understand why it was frustrating. It was frustrating for me at first. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, We talked about it a little bit on the show that um, we were talking about Never Alone having uh, mushy controls. Yeah, right. And Mario having, like, just precision controls. Right. Uh, Paradise Killer has these controls where it's momentum. Mm -hmm, And so mm -hmm. as long as you're always moving forward, it's great. You can get across the entire island very quickly. If you're trying to land on top of a peak where there's, like, a small little thing that you're trying to get, really, really difficult. Yeah, But that challenge tends to be kind of the fun. It's also very much in character. The main character has a lot of momentum. It's just like bowling through things and like trying to solve this case. And so it it fits it really well. I ended up loving the controls eventually. Mm -hmm. Um, The other thing is with Switch, and I'm not sure what developers are doing when when they do this, the the R1 button, which is just called R on a Switch. Right. Mm. I hate that button. (laughs) I don't think it's useful for anything other than like pulling up a menu. Right, yeah. And and it's the jump button mm-hmm, in mm-hmm. Paradise Killer. Yeah. And that's that's really off. Like, I got used to it. I ended up loving yeah, it. And one of my favorite things about the game is just exploring the island. Mm-hmm. And to prep for the episode, because it's been a few months, I pulled it up and I just kind of wandered around and jumped on stuff. And, like, I had a blast just yeah. jumping around and hanging out. Yeah. that's. I feel like I probably, if it weren't for how hard it was for me to use controls, I probably would have really gotten into that game. And that's, like, a, I think... When I play a game, especially when it's on Switch, I expect it to kind of have the same controls as like Mario, right? So I want to hit the same button to jump that I would in Mario. I want to like have everything to move exactly as I would in like your standard Nintendo games. That would be smart. And when they don't do that, I end up completely just like struggling, like hitting the R button to jump is like, I just was constantly hitting like A, is that what the right button would be? No, you know, whatever yeah. that is. Yeah. Is, yeah. So it's like constantly hitting that to try to jump and then it oh, wasn't yeah, doing yeah. anything. Nothing. Uh, and I was like, well, I don't, uh, it drives me crazy. Yes. So that's kind of been one of the like 
I think as I've gone through this year and playing so many games, I played almost everything on the Switch that we played. Yeah. Uh, and that has been one of the biggest things I've noticed is that I love my Switch and everything, but if it doesn't play the way I expect it to, it's it's a lost cause for me. What is the rationale be- behind Nintendo always having A on the right and B on the left? Is it because A is closer to your thumb if your thumb is all the way on the side? Yeah, maybe. It, it could be Japanese text being read right to oh, left. Oh, yeah, that's a good point, too. That seems that seems better than what I said. <laughs> Yes. Honestly, both yes. of those make sense to me. So thank you. I know here's here's a here's a weird one. Uh, zero, a circle means no on PlayStation, and an X means yes. Yeah. Whereas we know that circle and X, if you had to give them meaning, the X would be no. We we have that on all our signs. X no circle yes that one circle it. Good point. Right. So that seems backwards. But here it's going to get one level weirder. Hang with me for just a second. In Japan, it's the other way around. And the PlayStation button, the circle button is yes, and the X is no. Until the, in the games? In all games. Until the PlayStation 5. And they switched it so it matches the rest of the world. No. Well, that's going to be confusing for people over there. being Japanese in that experience. Yeah, no, that would Yikes. drive me insane. I would quit. I would quit. Yeah, if Nintendo was just suddenly like, guess what? B means yes yeah. now. And A gets you back. A for nope, back. No, no, no. It's not an Xbox. It can't do Absolutely that. Absolutely not. Okay? Absolutely not. That is unacceptable. I'm sorry, Japan. I would say, what, what is the Xbox's reasoning for switching the A and B when Nintendo had had it set up for decades earlier? That would be my question. I, this should all be streamlined. Uh, Everything should be the same, and I will play on whatever and be happy. Everything should be the same for my convenience, says America. Thank you. <laughs> yes. Come on, Japan. Yes. We are now coming out as fascists. Mumf yeah. endorses fascism as controllers. Although... I will say I watched my neighbor Totoro today. Oh, Totoro. Not bad. Totoro. You know, so maybe Japan off the Wait, naughty list. Wait, is that the first time you've ever seen my neighbor Totoro? In one sitting, yeah, it was the first time. Oh, how delightful. No. You know what, I... Also, L and Dakota Fanning in 1993. Okay, see, that drives me... No, that's not 1993. This drives me crazy. Oh, no. Maybe there it was 1993, no, but the there were two dubbings of my neighbor dubbings. Totoro. The one I grew up on that was an English dub was not Ellen Dakota Fanning. I think they redid that in like 2003 oh, no. or something 2004. like that. Yep. With nice. them, yep. yeah, 2004. I just looked it up. Yep. Two th- yeah. Oh, because I googled like the, English dubbing Totoro, and it was like 1993. I was like, I didn't know they were that it, old. Oh wow. Yeah, no, they're not that so, old. Yeah, that's the no. original English dub that I grew up on. That me and my Damn friend it. Hannah watched all the time. You know, Hannah. Um, yeah. Uh, we watched was completely different and it drives me crazy that they changed it into a Dakota and Al Fanning one because I know like every bit of tone of the way they say things in the original because I watched it so many times yeah. so yeah and it's, it, there's it a lot of me. like noises because they're kids they're like running is, around yeah. and yelling at each other so it's yeah, yeah. I could see because it's you know rough. anime all that stuff what a, I yeah. only just saw um what's the scary one of the uh spirited away Spirited Away. I only just saw so, that during oh, okay. quarantine, so good. during the first lockdown. Yeah, that's and the only amazing. one I saw in high school. Loved. I'm the target uh-huh. audience for that. Oh, yeah. Like that movie was made for me. Uh, and I you love, love stealing it. kids. I do. I love, love it. To- Totoro, much much scarier than you thought, because Totoro is actually about a notorious child murderer in Japan. No, it's not. You have to Google it's this. Not according. Not according to Miyazaki. Okay, you have seen this then. Uh, I just heard. No, I actually have not. Oh, okay. Miyazaki does say that, like, no, no, it was not inspired. But it's like, uh, yeah, yeah, every single. Th- it's like a alternate theory. 
There's a famous child abduction murder true crime story in Japan from the 50s. And it matches like all of the description of my neighbor Totoro. It's like, you know, that is it Lynn? Is that the name of the the younger sister? May. May. May, Thank you. Uh, When May uh, Mm -hmm. disappears, if it turns out that her body is discovered after they find the shoe in the uh, water. Yeah, the shoe in the patty. Yeah, the shoe in the patty. After they find that, if they find her body right after that in the same patty, remember when they're searching for her body? Yeah. yeah. Then it's the child murder case and everything else has been the same. And what happens at that moment? It shifts to the fantasy world where uh, the two girls go together and go and, and they get look, in the cat bus. Uh-huh. And they sit. Or they get in the. Satsuki gets in the cat bus and finds May. Yeah. Uh huh. And then they go and visit the mom in the hospital and they sit out on a branch and watch her. Yeah. And leave a bit of corn and disappear to go back home. And it's like, there's something cute about that. If you never question it, you're like, wait, yeah, why didn't they just yeah. go inside? Their parents are there. Oh. Uh, Especially, yeah, that was weird. But they're because they're and dead. his reaction to like the mom being like, "Oh, I thought I saw, saw Satsuki uh-huh. and May outside yeah. in the tree smiling," and the dad, who's Tim Daly from Wings, uh-huh. uh, I don't know, who he was <laughs> in the '93 one, uh, but <laughs> not, and he'll always be from Wings or every Hallmark special, obviously. Uh, says something like, which I thought, I mean, if he was a real person, he'd probably be like, "You, you didn't, yeah, because <laughs> they're not there," or like, "Yes, I agree." He wouldn't be like, I don't know, my kids aren't 100 miles from the house. Like, right. the granny's supposed to be watching. <laughs> but he, instead, his reaction is like, I think you might be right. <laughs> I think you might be right. Maybe you did. Maybe they're looking after us right now, as two living children would. Yeah. Look at this uh, corn that says, dear mommy. Yep. Or two mommy. Yep. Like, oh. Yep. Well, thanks for ruining Totoro for me. So no matter how much they didn't intend that, or slash they kind of did, it yeah. is definitely read by Japanese audiences as alluding to that, right? As yeah. referencing that. And Miyazaki has been very clear about it. like, no, no, we didn't mean to do that at all. It's like, I don't know. Uh, imagine, wow. Yeah, that's. Yeah. Imagine it differently wow. if it's the Lindbergh baby and there's a, a you know ladder outside of a window or something like that. Um, yeah. It's like it, it's got those iconic things that that mark. Interesting. That true crime story. Yeah. Very Interesting. Uh, and my favorite best <laughs> I don't know and my award for the best in-game moment of the year the Revenant Award would be in what's it called not The Last Jedi that's the name of the movie wait did we introduce this Jason already did the first one like oh, a half okay. hour ago uh, was from, <laughs> I don't know what we're talking about anymore <laughs> I know right we're an F okay it was from uh, Jedi Fallen Order when you're on Ilum the like ice planet <clears throat> and you see that glint of light from like across the ice cavern and you, I, I don't, it took me a couple seconds to be like, is that a glint of light? Is that just like shining off something random? It happens over and over again. And finally I'm like, okay, that's a freaking Kyber crystal yeah, shining at me because it's chosen me yeah, because they dog. have this like weird sentient bond uh, and like slowly making your way and like doing like double jumps and flips through the caverns and kind of the whole next few scenes is the as spoiler alerts, I guess for this um, as you get the Kyber crystal and it breaks in your hand and you try it anyway and you can make like a double lightsaber at it and choose your, like it's, really really well done and th- that game has some flaws but that's an amazing part just a really cool scene for like all of star wars through all mediums one of my favorite scenes get you a kyber crystal that looks at you like that <laughs> <laughs> and then breaks in half mm. bergen what do you got uh my best in game moment um was the uh moment that you realize you were mog chathra oh, in broken my age gosh. It's, good. it's good i just uh i was like mind so blown excited yeah. like just like oh what an incredible twist to this to you know cool. you spent the entire first half of this game 
fighting this thing. And then all of a sudden, as you're, you know, picking out these things up, you're like, oh, my God, I've been the villain. I've been fighting this entire game. Uh, And I just thought that was that was a very fun reveal. And I remember being like, oh, a little like flustered by it when it happened. So that was my my best in game moment. That was great. The David Fox Award for the best IRL moment of the year. I would say that it would be having so many guests on. I feel like in previous mm. years we're like, hey, let's have like people are tired of us. Let's get some guests on who want to play this game. Maybe give me Corey or I a week or a month off, you know? <laughs> Jason, you can't leave. You're here every episode. No, no, he's, uh, he's here. He's stuck. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, so yeah, besides just kind of people enjoying seemingly being on the podcast, which I love. I'd hopefully we'll have even more in 2021 and more side quests. We love doing those episodes uh, because our guests do more research than us. It's great. It's true. Again, we should probably have more anxiety about this podcast because it's paying off for our guests. Yeah. Their, <laughs> their nerves are uh, <laughs> ending up with really good episodes and insights. They really are. They really are. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I think my favorite IRL moment was playing or has been playing Abzu with my kids. We've talked about it a couple of times, mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. especially Olivia really jumped on the game and being able to like swim around with dolphins and orcas and sharks and all these amazing animals. Uh, I think I sent you a, a screen capture of her like floating with a blue whale. Yeah. Uh, and then all the kids last week jumped on playing it and helping out the two year old, obviously with it a little bit, but there's parts of the game where you only <laughs> have to press one button when you're holding oh, okay. on to the animal. Yeah. So I have her hold that button and she just like glides around with a blue whale and it, it's on our big screen. Our, we have a little like home theater. And on that, it's like overwhelming to watch for her. And she just like, <laughs> They all love it. Every morning it's been like, can we play Abzu? Can we play Abzu? So and I also yeah. realized this week that this is a thing that's I think existed for a long time, but you can play your Xbox remotely on Android or iOS devices. So I play it on our iPad. Uh, oh. The same one they use for school. We just download the Xbox app on it and give them an Xbox controller and it they can play it with no lag on, on there. Wow. So it's nice because usually the Xbox is in the basement and they have to like go down there separately. So we have to like all go down there if it's a whole thing. So it's nice just being like, oh yeah, you can just play on the iPad for a few minutes. So that's been a joy is is playing, spreading the the joy of video games, especially something that's just like swimming around with animals. It's like this joy filled, beautiful game. Did you ever play Echo? Oh, I did on the PlayStation. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> when you sent like videos and stuff of it, it reminds me of Echo, yes. which all I really wanted to do with that and I was in like fourth grade playing it. It's not like I was a little kid, but like just swimming and the dolphins and it being like really beautiful and all that. I was like, Oh, this game looks like that. I feel like I would dig that. Totally. Echo was based on real life experiments in the (laughs) sixties done by a crazed researcher who used drugs and brainwashing no. techniques Jason, uh, to get his research assistant to mute live him. Mute this yeah. man. I, I don't think I in can. In a can home, I? live in a house. No, nope, can't. That was half wet and half dry. Oh my god! And have sex with a dolphin. Uh, Corey, in order to communicate with this... aliens, not one part uh, of that friend, is a lie. Not uh, one part is a lie. Our friend Jorge Castellanos actually recorded that whole album uh at his recording studio in San Francisco for Sega. He worked for Sega for a couple of years. The Dolphin Sex album? Echo the <laughs> Dolphin. Oh. I, I think uh, we can have a real hard time following this. I think we can call it the Dol- Dolphin Sex game. I mean I think yeah. I mean I haven't played all the DLC, but I'm sure it gets Very there. No. It's bound to happen. Corey, what was your favorite real life moment this year? Uh we've talked about it 
Uh, so I'll just briefly say it was the entire team coming together to surprise Mark. That was awesome. That's the best IRL moment for me. We all came together. We did a thing. We accomplished it. Uh, and yeah, it was just magical. So teamwork and friendship. <laughs> teamwork and friendship. Team my favorite things. And friendship. As much as we mostly just razz each other on here, I do enjoy when we um, when we come together. Jason, you go now. My award for best <laughs> IRL moment of the year. Uh, I already talked about surprising Mark. That was like one of the highlights of my year. Uh, but the other one was the episode with Red. And so what you missed there was the Paradise Killer episode. We recorded for an hour. And I cut the first hour and didn't even send it to Ben. And I said, okay, so none of this is going in. Got it, got it, got it. We're just hanging out. Do you want to start soon? She's like, yeah, we can start soon. But like, it wasn't like we weren't talking about Paradise Killer. We were talking about everything. It was fantastic. (laughs) We were were doing um, post-structuralist analysis of the Bloodborne Dark Souls series. Like, that's what was happening. We were debating Foucauldian readings of... (laughs) Uh, of Star Wars. Um, ben just grabs a drink. It was it was fantastic. And it was... Bailey's on ice, man. And it was all the things that I never get to do. And she was there for me. It was amazing. I love it. I love it. Ugh, when you find your people, you know? The best thing there is I heard her on a podcast, right? She is my celebrity. Yeah. That's and awesome. I reached yeah. out and said, hey, you had a really oh. good take on genre in video games. I'm teaching about genre in video games. Would you want to come to my class and be a guest lecturer? And she said, I'm, I'm an undergrad. Am I allowed to do that? And I was like, well, I didn't know that. But yes, absolutely. Just because <laughs> you're an undergrad doesn't mean you're not super smart. Lots of them are. That's right? great. And so she came and talked, didn't mention the fact that she was an undergrad while she was teaching. And then later I reached out to her. I just reached out to people and said, hey, who else played Paradise Killer? Anybody? And she's like, oh, yeah, me. I, I could show up and talk to you for three hours about it. That sounds great. <laughs> you Joe Rogan did. Oh, I did. Uh, okay, so the Thimbleweed Park Award for our favorite game of the year. Corey, what's yours? <laughs> My favorite game of the year was Little Nightmares. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I just, I think that's the game that I enjoyed all the way through. Mm. Um, that being frustrated with it didn't cause me to quit or anything like that. I just had like a really good time with it. I liked being scared by it. I liked the art in it. I liked the sound in it. I liked, you know, pretty much everything about playing that game. It just sort of hit all my buttons and uh, little nightmares. It was, did you play the DLC? No, no, I didn't. I think you were the only one who played the the DLC, which you're filling in the blanks with the DLC also made me want to play it. I just, you know, haven't gotten, haven't had a lot of free time to be playing things. um, But at some point I would like to. Yeah. And I think Little Nightmares 2 comes out soonish. So we will play that whenever it comes out. We'll play. Maybe that'll be next year's Halloween episode too. Yeah. Next year's Halloween game can be Little Nightmares 2. Love it. Uh, Jay, what do you got? So mine was a toss-up between Kentucky Route Zero and Paradise Killer. And I was listening to a podcast earlier this week, another Game of the Year podcast. And it sealed the deal because I was enraged that they didn't make Kentucky Route Zero their Game of the Year. And I could feel that rage and realize, well, then I guess it's my Game of the Year, isn't it? <laughs> That's a good sign. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Like, yeah. Uh, and I loved Paradise Killer. Wasn't Blazeball top 10? <laughs> I believe so. Well, it depends on... Was it in the, one of the lists you sent me? Yeah, on one of the, on, it was on Polygons, I believe, top 10. Uh, but their top 50 list yeah, is a good okay. list. I love Polygon. If not only yeah. because they put Last of Us 2 at like 19 or 20, which to me is not like, yeah. I haven't played the game, I don't have feelings on it, I'm not like, you know, yeah, stick it to them. It was more like, 
but isn't it supposed to be the game of the year? Is it? Do right. you just choose that? Mm-hmm. And it's like they just so actively chose to not just phone it in, and they were like, "Well, no, yeah, it didn't connect to us. It didn't work. It was, you know, we liked it. It was in the top fifty, but it was not in our top ten. Yeah. So I like that about it. So Kentucky Route Zero, um, it is such a beautiful and unique game. It is a game that pushes at the edges of what a game can be. It plays in so many genres. It wanders away from its main characters, and yet it was the game that I had a strongest connection to the main characters in, a strongest emotional connection to Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. um, than in any other game. And yet, I'm not sure I could tell you one thing about them, but I get it was so full of feelings, and it was so good at creating those feelings. Yes, absolutely. Um, I think one of my other favorite IRL moments this year that that we didn't mention is you two recording a cover of the Kentucky Red Zero song. Oh, yeah. That was amazing. Right. Yeah. Uh, did we post that? Too late, yeah. too late to love you? That was this that year? That was this year. I know. <laughs> did, did, did we put that, that so fun. Did we put that anywhere in our, in our podcast feed? Uh, or did you just share it on Twitter and Instagram and things like that? I just, yeah, I just shared it on Twitter and Instagram. What, why don't you, uh, Ben, maybe you can throw it at the end of this episode or as a special episode separately, just so people in the podcast feed can listen to it. Because yeah. it was phenomenal. Y'all did a great job on it. And well, it's a, a cover of a song from the game. But because it's a game... During the game, you get to choose the lyrics. And so you are also, in a oh, sense, yeah. playing the game as you sing it, right? Uh, That's yeah. right. Yeah. yeah, it was one of my favorite parts of the game. I think, like you said, the f- it's a game with a lot of feels. It's one that I don't feel like I enjoyed playing, per se. But when I think back mm-hmm. about mm-hmm. it, the, I don't think about how frustrating it necessarily was or how I didn't enjoy it. I think mostly about the fact that I really did connect to the characters in nope. it and like and what the story overall was the person who's the main character the person you see first and you think is the main character there's what five episodes and i think it's somewhere near in episode three or four he disappears and he's been slowly right. disappearing and it's done without yeah. comment like the way it's right. done and it's beautiful <laughs> you see these boats going by but with people who are skeletons on them and he's slowly turning into a skeleton and then just Gets one in. of the times the boats go by you see him on the boat and that's it yeah. And right. it doesn't treat it any other way. It's just like, well, now he's gone. And it's like, damn, yep. like that hurt and was good and like really connected. Yeah. We've, I think we talked in the like deal breaker side quest episode uh, last month about how I, one of the things I do in games, and this probably goes back to the reason we started this podcast, which is adventure games, right? You go around, you, you explore all the borders of the world. You pick up every single thing, right? That's an RPG staple. Mm-hmm. And so in games like Kentucky route zero, you can't do that. Mm-mm. Like there's right. no, at least I don't even know how you could do that in a game like that. It's so unique that constantly I'm trying to like grapple with the edges and the boundaries of the world and, and the verbs and everything that you could possibly do. And I, I just, yeah, I can what Corey said. It's just like during it, it wasn't the most enjoyable thing, right? Like sitting in an X-wing and shooting TIE fighters. That's as enjoyable right. as gaming is for me. This is the opposite of that. But again, looking back <laughs> on it, all I have is fond memories. And like nostalgic right. and warm emotions about it, but definitely one that was challenging on a, yeah. a not in yeah. just like a mechanical way, but just on like an intellectual level. Yeah. Yeah. There's segments like yeah. the, the boat nice. segment where you keep choosing between groups to like hang out with. You say, oh, so this group's going off the boat. This group's mm-hmm. going over here. Who do you follow? And it keeps happening. And you know that you're missing story because whenever the other group comes back, yeah. they, they are still yeah. having the conversation. And that was driving early. me insane. Right. Yeah. <laughs> there's one of them where you can just watch two dogs sit next to each other for like 10 minutes. And they hang out. They're, they're just dogs <laughs> being dogs. Just chilling, yeah. I feel good about that. Uh, I would say my game of the year 
Uh, I loved Undertale, and that was probably the most surprising yeah. to me because I just didn't know much about it and loved every second of that game. And it was constantly surprising in a positive way. Kentucky Route Zero, we've talked a lot about. And again, I just I just spoke my piece on Kentucky Route Zero. I loved it. Uh, but I think the, the game that excited me the most in just like looking back and, and actually playing the game and the moment, the hardest to put down for me was Fallen Order. And that's like the most basic... The basic Ben choice, right, is the Star Wars game. <laughs> and I'm just owning it as much as I wanted to pick something else. Yeah. But experiencing Order 66 firsthand was like, I don't want to say I got choked up, but like emotions for sure. Building a lightsaber from a kyber crystal that called out to you, like all the things we read about and like listened to books on tape about things, right? And like back in the day, in road trips to Disneyland as kids, like I love how simple the game was. It wasn't this like overly complex plot. It was just kind of like, Here's stuff that happened after was it after uh, Revenge of the Sith, right? It was like this weird between episode three and four. We don't really know much about this. And you're Cal Kestis, this person we just made up. Uh, and I also loved how not broken the universe was and the mechanics of the game were after playing Legion. That sounds nice. Not a lot of glitches. I don't remember <laughs> any. I didn't have to. I, the game never crashed. It was great. I don't know if people crunched. Maybe they did. I'm sorry if they did. But very, very, it's nice very when a game enjoyable. works. It was nice that the game worked. Exactly. But. Yeah, for a kid that grew up a Star Wars fan, it's it's really cool. And it's weird how th- it hasn't happened a lot where you're just a person learning the Force and becoming a Jedi. It seems like the most basic, like having watched the original Star Wars, be like, oh, let's make that into a video game. And it, it, doesn't, it hasn't really happened a lot outside KOTOR, right? And Jedi Knight kind of becomes that, not as in-depth and not obviously as pretty as, as Fallen Order. But yeah, I think that was the most fun I had. Not not necessarily as deep as, as Undertale and Kentucky Route Zero, but... Just as fun, I would say, for me. I loved it, too. It was great. Oh, I was just going to say, Undertale came up on my, like, you know, when you do your Spotify wrapped thing. Yeah. Uh, several songs from Undertale came up on my, like, top mm. songs of 2020. Oh. I listened to that soundtrack a lot. Okay, then i got to stop us for a second and just say, are we playing Mother 3 this year? One of the big influences on Undertale? An old JRPG? Is it going to happen? Uh, you will be playing that game. Well, I've already played it. <laughs> let, let me be clear. Not only, did I, not only did I cry on it, but I gave Megan my Game Boy to play the last 20 minutes and just look through it. And she just was sobbing. And that's without the previous 20 hours. Wow. Like, losing it. It's a lot of hours. Uh, and Ben, I want to add to you, you know how you've got like a bullet hell game in Undertale where you're like dodging things and like trying to shoot over here? Uh JRPGs have like different systems and things like that. Right. The one they designed for Mother 3 is the usual kind of turn-based combat, except when you choose attack, you can get multiple hits if you hit on the beat to the soundtrack. Okay. So you're like, bump, 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 right? Oh, I remember talking. Yeah, we talked about this. Yeah, okay. But every enemy has its own song. And when there's two enemies on the screen at the same time, both songs are playing. And it turns out that they work alongside each other. No. No. And oh, the songs play they, they play okay. together okay. and they work. Okay. But you have to remember which enemy is which track you're listening to when you target it and start hitting so that you can get that beat. Out. But Ben, you are in, right? <laughs> I am. That sounds pretty you said awesome. You said the word. You ha- a- <laughs> said you have to right. remember. And I was like, mm. now, Corey, let me get you yeah. back in, which is you can beat the whole game without ever doing that. You can just hit them once. Oh, right? there you go. And not, and not get 16 hits. Perfect. Right? You know, maybe you, yeah. maybe you okay, grind a great. little bit more. Maybe you go get higher level. Right. Uh, use a use a cheat. Do, do whatever you need to. But um, it, it's very sure. worth it. And it's it's a game about uh, it's about America, uh, but it's about America as remembered from somebody who grew up in the 60s. 
and hearing about America. So it's about American pop culture of the 60s. It's about consumerism and a rejection of capitalism. And it's beautiful. Developed in Japan? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yep. Wow. Yep. So it's, it's, I love outsider views. It sounds fascinating. Like those I find interesting. It's great. Uh, and then, so that's the end of the awards, but we do have a few more categories. And this one is just suggestions for holiday break. Jay, what do you got? Um, so I'd say one uh, to my hosts, my, my fellow co-hosts, uh, I'd say play uh, Paradise Killers, this cool game you may have, may oh, have interesting. heard of. Uh, check it out. <laughs> yeah, it sounds familiar. Um, is it any good on Switch? Yeah. I mean, it's what it's great the, on Switch. The... Uh, jump is weird. <laughs> okay, cool. oh, okay. um, also, <laughs> jump uh, is a little Fire weird, Emblem yeah. Three Houses. Uh, and the thing I want to say about that is I have tried to get into uh, tactical role-playing games uh, for probably about 20 years, ever since I first was introduced to Final Fantasy Tactics, played it for like 10 minutes and went like, this is not for me. This seems yeah. really <laughs> And finally, I'd heard so many good things about Fire Emblem Three Houses, which is another tactical role-playing game. I said, maybe this will be the one that finally does it. It's on sale, half off for Black Friday. Nice. Bought it, uh, picked it up at Best Buy, uh, and had sunk 60 hours into it in the next week. And it was such a perfect... Wow. <laughs> Calling that a success. Yeah, such a perfect blend of like story game and phone game um, where it's nice. there's story, there's characters and things like this, and then you have battles. And the battle is sit down and play through this you know tactical thing that feels very much like an addictive phone game. It feels like I just want to do this more and okay. more and more. Yes, all of this, please do this. Yeah, yeah. And but every time you lose one of your players in your your phone game thing, your little strategy game, they're your real friend. They're a real person. And so if they die, they die in real life, oh. and they don't get to be part of the story anymore. Oh. And they have a dramatic death scene. Oh. And during the second half of the game, this will spoil it a little, but you get the title from Three Houses that these three houses that are getting along that you had to choose one of at the beginning. Guess what? They're not all going to get along forever. No. And so during the second half of the game, you are murdering your former friends. Oh my goodness. That sounds stressful. And if you're close mm-hmm. enough with them, no, it gets more stressful because what you don't know is that during that first half, if you made good enough friends with people from the other houses, then at the moment that you land the killing blow, you can stop and say like, hey, bud, why don't you just come over to my side? And they become part of your team. But if you didn't go find their lost trinket or whatever, do their random little side quest, you just kill them. You just kill them and they're dead and they were oh. a child when you knew them. Wow. It's rough. And it is good. And there are moments where you're like, (laughs) oh my gosh, I can't believe it. I killed Ignatz. I can't believe I killed Ignatz. He was so sweet. I I thought I found his things, but I didn't. And there are other moments where you're like, yeah, that guy was always a dick. I don't care. Screw him. (laughs) Wow. It's cold. And it is good. Jay, what are you playing right now? Okay. Uh, I'm playing Control. Um, it is, it's really fun. Control, uh, control, like you must learn control. Control, control, you must learn control. You must. Um, That's from Daddy Yoda. <laughs> yeah. Great Yoda voice, man. Thank you. Uh, you mean, you mean grown-up Grogu? Yes, grown-up Grogu. I do. I do. You mean Grogu? <laughs> so, so I will sell, Ben, you're already sold on it. Corey, I will sell you on it real quick. Uh, first, knowing its it. limitations, which is it might be difficult for you. I'm going to check in to see if there's easy settings because the combat is somewhat sometimes kind of difficult. Um, but yeah. minus that part, it's X-Files, the video game. You are, oh. it starts with you. You are Cancer Man. Playing a character named Jesse, infiltrating basically <laughs> Cancer Man's unit, which is the Federal Bureau of Control, a secret government agency. Uh-huh. Is it like you get, don't you get a promotion right away? So it's basically your well, Scully, Cancer Man. Oh, never mind. No, uh, yeah, it's, it, no, you're not part of the group. You walk oh, in, you're looking oh, for okay. answers 
because you were part of a paranormal experience. And, and you're trying to find, here, take the keys. Yeah, you're trying to find your brother. You're like, they took oh. him. I'm going to find him. Oh. You go in there. There's more Mulder. And every, I'm looking for hermano. Ev- <laughs> every, every room is just like random, like, you know, government offices. And they've got file cabinets and you can like, yeah, oh, what's the, what's the random thing? Oh, I can read it. Let me, let me open it up. Well, here's a story of a paranormal report. And it's a 911 call from someone who is claiming to be trapped in the phone lines. And it's the dialogue from that. And by the end of it, the person is begging and they're saying, please, please do not hang up. If you hang up, I don't know where I will go. I don't know what will happen. Like Cellular, one of my favorite movies. They are literally trapped (laughs) in the phone line. And that's just one of the many hundreds of things that you can find in file cabinets in this game. Okay. And they're all these little micro fictions. Some of them connect, some of them don't. And so, yeah, it's, it's a fun game. Other than that, you shoot some stuff, you get some magic powers. What is this powers. on? What do, what do I play this on? Uh, Xbox, PlayStation, and PC. Oh, wow. Okay. I will not be playing that. Cool. Oh, well, I do have one of those. So you don't have access to Keo's Xbox? He's, he restricts that. Oh, sorry. Okay. <laughs> Wait, what's he playing? Cyberpunk. Oh, computers. He's going to lap on his PC. Uh, uh, that's why he's enjoying it Xbox, so much. But yeah, see? There you go. That's, that he just sense. hooks it up to the TV. Makes sense. So it okay. looks like he has like a real... I got you. Yeah, has a console. Uh, Benjamin. I would say, unless you just want to exploit different glitches in the game in (laughs) Cyberpunk's current state, which I may love doing and have already spent 20 hours doing. (laughs) Don't do that. Don't do that. Nice. I would say wait. (laughs) Or if you have a PC, maybe go ahead and play it. There's still plenty of glitches. Hard to play on Xbox and, and PlayStation, no matter what series or level or number you attach to those terms. But yeah, I would say maybe wait a few months. You know, you'll probably have a better time if you're okay with what would you, what'd you say, Jason? Taking part in the, what were, game we were talking about earlier? Where you were taking part the in the discourse, dialogue. Yeah. yeah, cyberpunk. Just just enjoy the discourse. Yeah, the the current discourse. Yeah, so it is fun playing it and like seeing other people's videos and just Twitter making fun of it. Me like, oh yeah, that happened to me too. So is this an anti-suggestion for the break? Is that yeah. what's happening here? I would, well, yeah, because okay. people are going to be like, what should I do? Ben, please tell me. And I would say, feel free to buy cyberpunk, but wait on it. You'll probably have a better time if you play it in January or February. And, and as someone who's gotten to three endings on it, has played it all the way through, put in over 40 hours on two systems. Eh. Wow. You're fine. Wow. Okay. Eh. Although he never finished Red Dead. So what does Jason know? I don't trust his reviews very much. Well. Uh, <laughs> let's continue our gaming <laughs> podcast together forever. <laughs> uh, I would say I'm jumping on control next. I got that months ago for my birthday and just couldn't. I heard good things, so I bought it and it just didn't quite make me play it. I was this weird in between zone. That'll it still took like my money. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So I am excited to hear good things. I will jump on that next. Uh, Paradise Killer. I will be playing that uh, as soon as I get my switch back from Tyler Weaver and Escape from Monkey Island. We will be dropping that uh, for Patreon supporters the last Friday in January. 2021 is our year to get back on schedule. Okay, people. Okay, Corey. Corey, you have two jobs yeah. now. I don't know. I like surprising people. <laughs> I think you got to keep them, keep them guessing personally. That's my That's fair. philosophy. No, no big life changes for me at all next year and next few months. So I'm sure it'll be very easy. Yeah. Nothing at all happening for you. So it's going to be. Yeah. Nope. nope. No problem. I am excited for the JRPGs I'm going to play and the random strangers. I'm going to get to talk to me about them. <laughs> <laughs> it'll be good. It'll be good. But yeah, escape. I don't think I ever played escape from Monkey Island. So excited to, to finally play it. Awesome. Corey, what do you got? Donut County. 
Oh, yeah. That of course, is my suggestion for the break. I played it through twice already. It's it's our February game. I'm calling it now. It's our February yes, game. I guess it's our February no. game. So maybe don't or play maybe it. Maybe it's our March it's, game. It's the next okay. game. Yeah. Okay. It's our cool, cool, cool. Escape and then donut. Escape then yes. donut. My goodness, though, if you like, I mean, play it, whatever, and then you can talk about it with us. I mean, listen to us talk about it. But it is such a delightful game. I um, was just kind of looking for a filler because my semester is more or less over. And I really wanted to, like, de-stress with something that would just Mm. be fun. You know, it's like I just need something that, like, is really fun to play. And it happened to be, like, on sale. I was just scrolling through and I was like, yeah, I'll get this game. I'll play a game where I play a hole. That sounds like fun. And it is so satisfying. And it's it's got puzzles, but you never get super stuck on them. Like, I never had to Google how to finish anything. Um, oh, but nice. sometimes I would get, like, a little bit, you know, it would take me a little while to figure out how to do something. So it it it's just challenging enough that you're not just mindlessly playing it but not so challenging that you ever are like just frustrated by it. Um, And the dialogue is like very cute and funny. It's a very silly game. um, And it's just, yeah. And and I think you can play it at any age, which I think is nice too, because again, you're just playing a hole. So most of the time you're just like having things fall into the hole and the hole gets bigger and you just kind of have to move your, you know, Joy-Con around to, make the hole bigger and make stuff fit into the hole. So anyone can really play this. Uh, Pretty straightforward, yeah. Yeah, very straightforward kind of, game. Kind of like life. Much like life. You just gotta you just gotta put stuff in the hole. No, no, no. Is that not what we meant? Okay. No. Well. <laughs> Donut County, play it. The human life is just a gaping hole into which things fall. They can never be filled. The hole only grows larger bringing in, drawing in more things around it. Is this Werner Herzog? All right, Werner. The the game of the year, not the best game, but the the game that most fits this year. Not necessarily like, oh, it's our favorite game, but but Jay, what do you have for the game that's the most 2020 that you played this year? So I was tossed up again, but I already, or I had to toss up again, uh, but I already talked about Kentucky Route Zero and it being a metaphor for this year. So Cyberpunk 2077 is kind of the perfect match of a giant organization just completely failing everyone involved in it and <laughs> yeah. being a crap game that can't, can't even rise to being bad. <laughs> like just, just frustrating. Fails. Yeah. Just fails. And there were so many times, I mean, are we... Are we going through a coup right now? Is that happening? Soft coup. A soft coup. Yeah, I don't know. Right? Is, I, I don't do, know when do this episode is going to be published, you know? <laughs> yeah, so who knows? Hard, hard to say. Did the, did the people doing the coup forget about it? They might have. And wander off? Like, that's is, this year. Is Biden's election and presidency a coup? Maybe. <laughs> a valid question know. in and of itself. So, yeah, that's, that's my yeah. pick is Cyberpunk 2077, a game that was not good but often failed to even be as bad as it had promised. <laughs> That's a special kind of mediocrity. Yeah, it's, it's rough. Uh, I went with Broken Age uh, because not only does the title fit perfectly, uh, but specifically Mariloft, which is, I think, one of the first places you go to in the game. I think Mariloft specifically is a great microcosm for 2020, the U.S. in 2020, because it's literally got its head in the clouds. 
easy metaphor to make, uh, but it's ignoring the problems of the world that's killing people on a regular basis, which would be Mog Chathra in the game. Uh, they spend their days handcrafting things that they keep on their body to keep them safe from the thing that wouldn't have been a problem if they just addressed it sooner. <laughs> cloud shoes, right? Cloud they make shoes, cloud yeah. shoes so they don't fall through the clouds. Cloud shoes. Uh, and they're led by a deceitful, narcissistic idiot yeah. getting rich off of their naivete, devotion, and incompetence. That'd be Harmony Lightbeard, voiced by Jack Black. Much more likable than the one the U.S. is dealing with. True. But yeah, definitely Broken Age. Uh, Corey, did you do... Yeah, What's the game that best fits 2020? This was not on the list when I copied the <laughs> doc over, so I don't have it. Did we just add this? Jason did this. Yeah. That's yeah, fine. Did you add this one? Okay, that's why. That's all right. We can, re- cool. we can just keep on rolling. Yeah, we'll just, right, just roll Unless on you by. want to say that this year is a little nightmare. Oh, cute. This year is a little nightmare. Oh, so it's little nightmares. <laughs> that's really clever, Corey. That's, yeah, that's really funny. Yeah, that's I, I worked really hard on that. So I just oh, really wanted a wow. succinct summary. And then the games that we're most looking forward to in 2021, I will say for the third year in a row, Psychonauts 2. Really excited, Tim. Get on that. Um, and I'm excited for Cyberpunk 77 to work mm. eventually, if, yeah. if it ever does. Yeah. Corey, what about you? Uh, I'm really looking forward to Evil Dead, the game. I saw oh, the trailer for nice. that, and I was like, I very much Ooh, want to play okay. that game. That okay. looks like a lot of fun. So super, super looking forward to a nice... I think horror games are... I've been in horror mode, obviously, all year, so really into that and looking forward to playing a little Ash. Hey, Corey, do we need to play more horror games? I think we need to play more horror games, personally. We have Halloween every year. Okay. <laughs> you get one oh, horror game, just one. Come on! I'll queue up a couple. There's a few I've been wanting to play, but uh, Control definitely has those vibes, by the nice. way. It was a cool sensation of being scared during a game. I don't yeah. play them very much. It right? was like It was a new experience. That was fun. Yeah. We've also got, like, we now have the little, like, uh, Oculus-y thing. So I kind of want to oh, play cool. some of the ones that, Ooh, yeah. you know, actually scare you. But also, I might pee or throw up. So maybe that's a bad idea. Yeah. Let's move on. I'm excited for that. Okay. That's weird. <laughs> Jason. I'm looking forward to Shin Megami Tensei Five. Um, it it's <laughs> coming this year at some point. I'm very, very excited. I know neither. I'm not even going to try and sell my code. No, no, I think that's <laughs> we're past I, that at this point. I, I am thrilled to play a very bisexual Japanese teenager who will attack and dethrone God. This is going <laughs> to be like the highlight of of my year. So, boom. I'm happy for you. I love it. And then, of course, we end all of our holiday episodes on our holiday soapboxes it's kind of our time because we're so like rigid with every topic we never get off topic on tangents or anything. <laughs> yeah. this is the time for that okay <laughs> whether you want to get political whatever it might be this is your five minutes 90 seconds half hour each of us get our own little thing about gaming specifically that we just want to go off on jason you're up first what's your holiday gaming soapbox uh, well, first off, if you read what's actually in the notes on yours, I'm going to come through the screen and strangle you. But my soapbox is uh, games should be shorter, made by fewer people, with what? worse graphics, and cost more. And I absolutely mean it. Love it. Uh, 100%. Remember when Mario um, Kart came out in 1996 and it was $60? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's weird. That was 25 the, the years ago. Games, games cost too little. 
I, yeah. I was just downloading a game on GOG. I own 140 games on GOG. I'm never going to play all of them. <laughs> it's it's okay. Right. Because you get these it's bundles okay. for like four bucks and it includes 20 right. games or whatever. Yeah. 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 And I'm like, oh, yeah, I absolutely want to check out like all the Ultimas. I was supposed to play all the Ultimas. Yeah, Those yeah, sound yeah. great. They're like $2 each. Yeah. How can I say no? I wanted that when I was 12. I will never play that. Um, <laughs> and so, yeah, it would be better for the uh, the industry, right? But also, it's better for gamers. Those are the better yeah. games, the ones made by small teams uh, yeah. that take their time and enjoy it. Uh, Cyberpunk 2077, I think, really, really underscores that, which is when they get this big, they're really unwieldy. Right. And it's tough to make it work, and it's tough to iron out all the bugs. But it's also unwieldy in terms of story. By the time you finish the main story, it's clear that like this thing was just... It was a very sturdy main story, so they could hang 150 different side quests off of it, and it wouldn't break. And you still remember who the main characters are, but because of that, it couldn't be much of a story, right? They they couldn't do too much with it. You kind of know from the first 10 minutes kind of where it's going to end. And so, yeah, do interesting things, fun games, buy buy things on Itch.io, uh, yeah. go play indie games. They're great. Um, and I think Hades is the counterexample, and mm. Hades was the game of the year for a lot of uh, people, it it certainly is on my list. It's fantastic, a great game. They'd be by a smaller team um, that really took their time with it. Uh, they first released it over a year ago uh, on early access, and then ironed out all the bugs that way. Nice. Uh, let people play it, and then released this full big thing. And it shows the care that they took and put into it. Um, and it's not going to wow anybody on graphics in terms of like, wow, look at the ray tracing. But it will wow you in terms of art design. It's a gorgeous game, but not you know, very demanding on your processor. It's just gorgeous because it's good art design. Somebody knew what they were doing and they had ideas and intention with it instead of just trying to do as many lights as possible. Unavowed is a gorgeous game and you can see the pixels in that. What was that? Like a team of five? I mean, right. It was small. Yeah. Great story, beautiful artwork. Like, and it, you, I mean, it's not like there aren't even polygons in it, right? It's all this like 2d pixelated <clears throat> stuff. Let's, let's play one of their games this year. Yeah. Uh, Dave Gilbert, I think, uh, okay. and and that team. I don't remember uh, what the team was called, but we we di- bought all of their games, or I did, once we played Unavowed. Uh, they were all on sale at, on GOG at different points, so I just bought all of them. D- and, Dave Gilbert uh, yeah, and Ron Grossman? Was that who it was? Yes. Yeah, that's the jokes we made uh, back then. It was great. I love our old jokes. Weren't they good? <laughs> oh, man. They're the right, best uh, of our jokes. So, Ben, Ben, time for your soapbox. I'm excited about this. I, I can't wait to listen. Yeah. I would say didn't take me very long when i got to the google doc and i saw what jason wrote it was like it was pretty obvious what my soapbox would be and that would be games should be longer made by more people with better graphics and cost less also with more immersion i hate it so much i hate you and i hate that word <laughs> so most of that's a joke troll because i'm a um yeah a contrarian troll but also i we should maybe not right now have a conversation about immersion because i do disagree with jason on his his idea yeah. of immersion um, because I love being immersed in games and I love forgetting about the world world for a few minutes yeah. and just like being, it was a just definition like, issue, right? With what immersive yes. means and yes. whatnot, right? We'll talk about that later. Cause I, yes. it, <laughs> Sorry, it is continue for your soap- soap- I don't think it's, a, we've talked about it enough. I don't think it's a miscommunication, but anyway, um, I would say the one sticking point that I actually believe of the things I said would be games should be longer. I, I have found that I don't play games. I don't play a lot of games. I play the month games and maybe three or four other ones. Like I'll, I'm still playing watchdogs too. Occasionally I'll play, I'll go back and play Legion again. Like red dead. I go back to every couple months, red dead too. So I 
love longer games and I don't necessarily know. I don't necessarily know how you make a longer game with like smaller teams and less money. I, I'm down <laughs> for the costing more thing. I'm totally down with that. Like I get that games need to be, people need to be paid and they should not be crunched. I'm, I'm all for that. Um, but I just can't pick up games and play them for like two hours and then be on to the next one. I feel like I, I do that and it's fun, but those games don't stick with me. I don't remember them as fondly as I do those, those not even triple A's. I mean, there, there are non triple A's that are 80 to hundred hours plus. I cannot think of them off the top of my head, but I'm sure they exist and I love them. Corey, what do you have? <laughs> um, I think I'm like somewhere in between these, these ideas, mostly because I like short games uh, and the short games yeah. are the ones that I keep coming back to over and over again. There and that go. was my, uh, my thought was this year I would love to, um, you know, pepper in a few games for the casual hardcore gamer like myself Ooh. who like really enjoys playing games, but doesn't necessarily want to like think super hard or be frustrated by a game or like have it, you know, just things that you can find yourself. And now I'm like immersed in something that you just sit there and like, it's all your brain does. Yeah. And not in a way that exhausts you. So fire, fire emblem, three houses, fire emblem, three houses. (laughs) Perhaps so. I don't know. I'll have to see how that works, but like, I would love to pepper in some more stuff that like, you know, I, I like the challenge of playing all these games that I absolutely would never play. And I think it's fun to talk about them, especially because most of the time I'm like, I didn't like this, but, you know, I enjoy talking about it. Nonetheless, I would love to pepper in some things here and there that are just kind of like, here's something for people who just want to sit and lose themselves in a game that doesn't yeah. break them as they're playing it right. you know but they can play on their phone even or whatever yeah, yeah like yeah. It, on convenient. your phone or you know like things like donut county um yeah. which is you know it's in its own way got its little critiques and whatnot of society but also is just like very fun um to sit and play and i think there are things you can discuss about it that it's not the deepest game in the world but it's still a lot of fun so more games oh. that i could play over and over again because they're just fun cool. I think of like Untitled Goose Game as being right. in that category for exactly me. Exactly, yeah, totally. Uh, and that was one of my games of the year uh, for 2019. Mm-hmm. Right, that yeah. was one of my favorite games, if not my favorite, of 2019. Uh, yeah. So yeah, I'm I'm in. We will listeners, please feel free to recommend those to us. Yeah. Um, yeah. And uh, we will keep looking for them. It's it's not always easy to find that stuff, but yeah. Um. Yep. We did it. We did it. Yep. Thanks again for a great year. Thank you, both of you, for joining me for another year a month. That was so fun. And it's, Corey, it's been a year and a half you've been hosting with us now. It's been amazing. I love it. A year and a half that I've been here. And this year in and of itself has been like at least five. I so know, right. Easily. Easily. Yeah. Easily. So, yeah. Happy fifth anniversary. Happy fifth anniversary. Thank you to all of our listeners uh, for downloading and, and, and listening and interacting and tweeting at us, Instagram messaging, emailing us. Uh, whatever it might be, but most importantly, I think just, well, maybe not most importantly, as well as that, uh, sharing with people that are nerds that played video games back in the eighties and nineties that you think might like these, or we haven't played a game from the eighties on this since I guess rescue and fractalis. So we've done it occasionally. We've strayed a little bit from the LucasArts games because we're running low. Uh, but yeah, thank you again for, for listening and, uh, looking forward to our February game escape from monkey Island. Hopefully you can play it. We, uh, some, some late news that it might only be available on PC. We will try to all play it. At least two of us will be here the first Friday in February to talk about it. Uh, and 
<laughs> Check out our Patreon. We made a funny video a few years ago that we need to update. Patreon.com slash mom. Uh, speaking of which, thanks, uh, Dave Botluck, for being one of the podcast producers uh, on that tier. And if, if you want to be a podcast producer, feel free to go uh, check out our Patreon and you can join Dave as well. So really, really appreciate you, Dave. Uh, thanks for being there for us. Uh, our website is menoflowmoralfiber.com. You can find us on Twitter and Instagram. Email us if you have any questions, comments, concerns. If you want to see anything different next year, have any side quests or game suggestions or want to come on the podcast and talk about your favorite games, we'd love to have you. You can email us at molmfpod at gmail.com. As always, I have been Ben. I will be Jason. Hit me. And I am a mighty pirate. And I got to third base with a hexapel. Corey, have you ever wondered how we have so many musical bumps? <laughs> it's crazy that I can edit this live. Well, you're such a genius, Ben. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> I'm tired. So I'm gonna have and I'm tired. All caps. I don't deal with consequences well. It was like, do you know that I'm here? I'm a person. I'm next to you. <laughs> I talked. Ron versus Tim fight to the death. Uh, each get two hexapals. <laughs> Go. Yeah. So it's like for the third Hunger Games, if somebody made a video game of the third Hunger Games before the book came out. This Game of Thrones. And then those books kept coming out and the game start, kept coming out, but I just went completely different tracks. So like Game it's of Thrones. A weird series. Good point, Corey. Very, yeah. very like Game of Thrones. So let's get to it, shall we? Hello, everyone. <laughs> that was a great intro, Corey. Thank you. so good. Thank you. My first thing. intro. Was that a segue? <laughs> oh. <laughs> I believe in education And I believe in therapy And I believe in crystal light Cause I believe in me, yeah It's so uplifting, yeah Yes! <laughs> Ben wasn't at my softball game, but he still was trying to get to flirt base. <laughs> Why did you put oh, your okay. phone number on my <laughs> men of You thought it was a good idea for me to I don't do this have last good year. Ideas. Okay. <laughs> well, here I go, off to write that hit song, Alone in My Principles. You can call me the heartbreaker, the sexiest man alive. And I haven't gone by Jason in years. And like almost throw the controller or whatever, you know, just, ah! and like I kept making those noises throughout it. So it took me back. I'll show you an over the top macho persona. Show for the girls, the girls for the show. And we're totally banging. Again, blurred lines, no HR, like right. everything is just Everyone's like. Everyone's getting drunk together. Yeah, you know, all this kind of stuff. And it's very. Thank you, Jason, for the clap. <laughs> She is a cool, hot lady with the head of a goat. Every JRPG works the same way. Uh, and most of them involve something called grinding. Oh, my. Let's talk about fighting games. Yeah. You get to wait while Corey talks about Mortal Kombat. Do it. Mortal Kombat! I feel like you're not... Wait, okay, there we go. We're yep. No, We're it's, it's just right, a tough fight. Yeah, it's... Yep, sorry. And I'm not quick with the stick. Uh, so. <laughs> quick, quick with the stick. <laughs> I said um, it. Yeah. This is an ironic frappuccino. Yes. Oh, yes. <laughs> yes. I appreciate this frappuccino. Bears. Bears? Bears. Yeah, bears. Tell me more. Don't come for me when I didn't send for you, Ben. God, the worst man you know loves it. Yes. Cannot articulate why. <laughs> so good. 
No, but unfortunately he won't stop articulating why. Exactly. He, he cannot and will not stop articulating why. <laughs> Bears, who knew? Michael Stipes tries to fit into every verse. Michael Stipes, Michael Stipes, Stipes, Stipes. Michael Stipe tries to fit into every verse. I'm social distancing from my bourbon. <laughs> there you go. That's good. That's a, by the way, as long as we're bumping, let me make very clear. It was my that failure to do research. Never, ever start a sentence with that. <laughs> as long as we're bumping. Yeah. Wait, guys, I have to pee, so we gotta, we gotta yeah. move. Yeah. Can we get the, this last name? I need those slow clickers because I've got so much anxiety already. But you need a horse murder simulator. <laughs> yes. Oh, I do, man. I love it. <laughs> from the moment I met her, she was great. Fierce as hot shit. Then crush this rock with your bare hands. Oh, is that a colon? What's happening? Yeah. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Just terrified. What, am I in a cult now? What happened? It's <laughs> a so mirror universe. Ah, oh, is that a landline? That is a landline. I'm What's sorry. <laughs> Maybe Corey's evil, I bet. But if there's ever a problem, a skeleton will tell a fish lady about it. That's politics. <laughs> I was going to say, when I moved to Marin, everyone was like, Oh, my dentist has like this in their office. I'm like, yeah, my dentist doesn't use gloves. So I don't. <laughs> the way you just picked up your cat was kind of ridiculous. Intimate. It was intimate. That's exactly what it was. We're awful. <laughs> Can I fire Ben from this show? Is that a thing I'm allowed to do now? Have I been on long enough for that? I followed my heart. Listen. I am functionally a lesbian, but that man but. is very nice. I get that that must be from a Star Wars, but... It's a from a Star Wars. Yeah, yeah okay. Yeah. You're going to have a hell of a time editing this one. Although most of the non-sequiturs are in big chunks. Big, chunky non-sequiturs. Mm, love that. A-A-A-A-X-B-B-B-B-Y-X-X-X-X-A-Y-Y-Y-Y-B. He, he said he'd have it edited and posted tomorrow? What? No games except avoid hepatitis uh-huh. in my dentist office. A A A A X B B B B Y X X X X A Y Y Y Y B. That is that is diabolical. Ben has short circuited. If done right, yeah. a sound <laughs> will be heard. Yeah. Then, while playing, press the following button combinations no. to unlock oh, codes. Oh my gosh! That just gets you to be able to unlock the codes. Yeah. Oh my god. One, two, three. <laughs> oh no, Ben, I've got the pop screen on. There's no way you'll be able to hear the clap. Oh, it's going to be silent. Oh, it's okay. Does it really do that? No. no. Gotcha. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> ben, save that one, Mark, for the uh, yeah. out of context quotes. And I own it already. Have you played it, Corey? Yes. Oh, awesome. Nice. Yeah. Well, at least a good chunk of it anyway. You know how I never finish. <laughs> there it is. Please don't edit this out. It's so ridiculous. <laughs> oh, God. This is all coming out. <laughs> oh, flirt base. Oh, man. It's the, best. it's the funniest thing I've ever heard. You got a bump for that? Hint, hint. Who knows where songs come from? <laughs> 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 uh, that's the approach of everyone who doesn't edit the podcast. <laughs> I miss you, Jason. I miss you guys. 